0: And welcome to episode 57 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. I am Brett Nolan of AppAg.net, and with me as always is Trevor Sheridan of AppAdvice. In this episode, Trevor and I embark on a number of quests filled with spears, spikes, neon, and art supplies. How are you doing
1: tonight, Trevor? Doing good. It's always fun to go on quests with all kinds of crazy additions to the questing.
0: Yes, we got some weird quests to go on tonight.
1: and for like three weeks running now there hasn't been much apple news the most we can gather this week is that a new low-cost macbook macbook air is going to come out during the springtime, and it's likely there's going to be a spring event so we will have news when that eventually does come and that'll be one portion of said spring event yes
0: (laughs) it's very slow on the apple news i don't know what's going on i mean there's rumors and Just people disappointed with the HomePod. Not much to talk about.
1: Right. And so that, again, gives us more time to talk about apps. And the first one this week is called Moment Screen Time Tracker. And Screen Time Trackers aren't new. Moment itself isn't that new, but it was recently updated. And it can be a valuable utility depending on how you use it. It's not a perfect solution, but... If you just want to kind of track how you use your phone and maybe cut down on the number of times you're looking at it, how often you're looking at it, this app can help. You have to turn on every possible feature that this wants. You just have to allow whatever it does for it to get full usability. But then once you do, it will automatically in the background track how long you use your device and how many times you pick it up. So you might use your device for three and a half hours and pick it up 65 times. And then once you know this, you now have a baseline to maybe try to adjust your usage. So you have to want to adjust your usage. If you're like three and a half hours staring at my phone per day, fine, whatever. But if you want to be cut down that two hours, maybe even under an hour, this app can help. So the first week, you kind of want to just let it run and see what your day-to-day usage is and then the app can track your app usage but it essentially is just repurposing what the battery section does in the settings with a different art style built into Moment and there's a workaround because Apple doesn't let apps do any kind of access to that so you have to actually take a screenshot of the settings dash battery page and then have the clock activated over the past 24 hours or you can do a per weekly basis but it works better for 24 hours and then it will check the screenshots, upload it into the app, so then you have all this data that you can do whatever you choose with. Right, yeah. It's, for
0: that aspect of this app, I think this that's a, a great idea because I don't think anyone realizes how much they're using their phone. And it just becomes this habit, and you pull it out all the time, when you really should be just talking to people, but you'll have this habit of, while you're standing around, just looking at your phone, when rather than what everyone used to do before we have these devices talk to people around you and just be aware of everything going on around you rather than your nose to this phone so from that aspect i think this is a great idea just to even if you don't use it all the time just kind of get an idea of how much you're using your phone and it'll be eye-opening and just try to reduce the amount of time you are using for i know we're have a podcast talking to you about games that you should be playing on your phone and but still you shouldn't be on your phone all the time and this will help you just realize the sheer amount of time you're on there one other aspect of the app that they push which is all done through like an in-app purchase is you can also use this to kind of have family time so i haven't tried out these features yet but what you can do is subscribe and then everyone in your family they all have certain time limits, or you could set a time that you all want to just not be on your devices for an hour and a half dinner together, or maybe watch a movie together. And what it does is use like almost like a shaming system. If one of your family members catches you on your device after the amount of time that you're supposed to only be on your device that day, then when you go to pick up your phone, I think it makes like a loud noise or something. So everyone knows that you're, you're abusing the system, which works for some things you can force quit the app on your own device at any time so it it, i mean that's just a limitation of the platform and apple not letting apps access to certain features at home for this kind of stuff i use a hardware solution which is the circle by disney and that kind of just monitors everything from afar you can't really see app individual app usage unless it's something that goes over the internet that is a known protocol that you can kind of limit like minecraft time or youtube time that kind of stuff i can i can shut down after a certain amount of time because it knows what that traffic's going to but if it's something local on a device and you want to kind of monitor how much time your kids are spending on certain games that maybe don't use the internet This thing can be helpful for monitoring that amount of time, but it's not going to really help you necessarily stop it. And you have to remember that the kid, if they're smart enough, can just quit the app. You will see that they quit it, but it's tougher to track that time when you don't have like an external thing that the kid can't just close if they wanted to.
1: Right, and so that comes down to Apple getting rid of those provisioning profiles and all those type of ways that developers could get kind of third-party hooks into your device. And so without that, there's really nothing developers can do. And I think this is kind of the most seamless implementation of that. And so it's worth noting that everything I mentioned, you can do for free. The in-app purchases is when it's going to be kind of trying to train you to use your phone less or use it on your kid's phone so they use it less and it more like actively try to change your phone habits rather than just giving you information and letting you do what you want with that information but like you said you can just force quit the app anyone can force quit the app and then it doesn't do anything at all so it's a kind of delicate balancing act for me i'm just going to stick with the free version i saw that i was using my phone for over three and a half hours last week and then i purposely been more mindful of it so i got it under two hours so It's helped for me, but I purposely wanted to get help with that.
0: Right, and that's when you just switch over to your iPad so you're not counting up that time. (laughs) Switch over
1: to your Mac or your iPad. See, I'm not using my phone as much.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think for that aspect, for kind of just getting an idea of how much you're using your phone – and I think this is a great idea. I did have some problems getting the whole thing to work. Where where it give me where it took the screenshots. It recognized that I took screenshots, but it had trouble for some reason. For me, it doesn't seem to like me to do the translation to this really nicely detailed uh, like breakdown of that data. I I think I probably have to uninstall it. I had the settings wrong at first, and then I corrected them, but then. I don't know if I have to uninstall and reinstall the app. I mean, that feature is still is listed as a beta feature, so it's possible that my the way I set it up wrong at first is I have to uninstall the whole app and reinstall it to get it to work correctly. I don't know, but Trevor did share some of his screens with me to see what this kind of looks like, and it is nice to see this whole breakdown of, the apps that you're constantly using and yeah you can just pop into the battery screen but this kind of gives you that picture over an extended period of time which gives you more insight into what exactly you're doing with your phone with all this time
1: and so the really kind of selling feature of the app is like you mentioned with that ui where it's really clean to show colored bar graphs if it's over a certain amount of time that bars in red and then there's yellow and green depending on how often you use it and then if you tap on any one of the days it gives you a timeline of your day so you can see like it shows at 9 a.m. you picked up your phone you used it for four minutes and then at 10 18 a.m. you picked up your phone and you used it for two minutes and all throughout your day it shows when you picked up your phone and how long you used it so then you can see what parts of the day also you're using your phone more often than other days and you can kind of see you might use your phone more on the weekends or less on the weekends just depending on your work schedule and just all kinds of little data it's pretty much just a data resource that you're purposely allowing them to kind of track your life so there is that negative that they can if you do upload your screenshots you can they can see what apps you use and use that data however they might whether it's with no malicious intent or whatever but you are allowing them to do it you know you're fully opting into all of that
0: right i but it's going to be the same with any of these types of app even the 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 disney circle which i use you're letting them see your traffic patterns because you have to it has to go up to the server to see this little profile that you set up so Any of these, you're trading off a certain amount of privacy to have these certain features for you. Because unless Apple bakes it directly into the phone, you're not going to be able to do this without the data going to some kind of a server for processing. So I don't know. I don't mind doing that for this type of thing. I don't have anything that I don't care that they see. So it's not a big deal to me. I do like that the fact that even on that daily screen, you can see... From yesterday, like, I'm up 11% in the time that I use my my screen today versus yesterday. Or the number of times that I picked up the phone is up 23 from the day before. Or, and then it even kind of puts a little bit, a nice thing of how much you're walking with your phone. So there are some good aspects of it. It's not all going to be negativity that you're seeing. Unless you see those numbers go down, then you can feel good about yourself. But it is a, it's you're going to trade off privacy to have this data, but it is useful
1: data. Yeah. It's just something to be aware of. And I mean, if you're playing games or you open up Instagram, great. I mean, I'm glad that you know that now, but honestly, I don't do anything that's like super heavy like that, where it's not tracking my specific location or something, or it goes to, I go to this store and then I get ads for that store or anything like that. So really it's, Moment Screen Time Tracker, if you want any of that kind of data, it is a great data resource. It's kind of like a pedometer for your phone usage. And so if you like tracking your steps, this kind of fits in that idea. I will confirm that the app is finicky. The first couple of days, it took a while to take the right screenshot for it to identify. If you don't include at the top where it says battery usage in the settings, like if you just scroll down to that list of apps, it can't really identify it properly, so it has to look just right for it to figure out that it's a screenshot of the battery info.
0: Right, but there is a little video tutorial you can watch right in the app that tells you exactly how to set it up. And it'll give you a warning saying, I didn't get a correct screenshot. Did you remember to do this? And then when you do do a sc- correct screenshot, you'll get a notification that says, I found a, a new screenshot. I'm processing it. I'll let you know.
1: Yep. And so, again, Moment Screen Time Tracker. It's free. And I think it's iPhone only. but uh, I
0: think actually it's universal. Oh,
1: so then you can track your iPad usage as well.
0: Yeah, I didn't do that.
1: (laughs) I need one safe device. (laughs) (laughs) And so that means it's time for some games. And the first one this week is called Lixspier, which it's a German version where it's a German, it's not a specific German word, but it's based on German where you have this whole kind of like Norse mythology mixed with German ideology where it has this kind of call to the past as you're tossing spears, but there's still kind of some futuristic ambient. So it has this weird juxtaposition of ideas going on. It's published by Noodlecake Games. I saw this last March at GDC, so it's taken a year for it to actually be available for everyone, but now it is, and it's really just kind of a quick-action shooting game where you're in a fixed position, and there's waves of items coming at you in a 2D look. The difference is that you're not firing a gun and instead you're tossing spears and so there's the delay in tossing spears of the enemies coming at you and then the game has a really heavy emphasis on headshots to build up your combo, your score, and take out enemies much quicker. So you'll have various kind of enemies. There's the fast-moving enemies that dash right at you. Then there's like a big giant where he'll take two spears unless you get him in the head. So he's like a cyclops. You wanted to nail him right in that single eye to take him down with one spear. (laughs) And then there's slow moving enemies. There's flying enemies. There's enemies that have a shield in front of them and they put it down every few feet and you need to hit them right when they put it down. And then as you go through the levels, there's specific level mechanics where there's a walrus that comes down a slide that flies right into you, or there's a big sea serpent and there's all kinds of boss battles and with boss battles there's actual levels in this game so there's big specific worlds and each one is composed of five levels and you try to complete those five levels to then unlock the new world and every other one has a big bad boss that you need to take out but it all comes down to dragging your finger on the screen to change the trajectory of your spear and then letting go and letting that spear fly and that's pretty much all you have to do to go through all kinds of crazy stuff going on there's a ton of unlockables to unlock special abilities including a shield or a triple trajectory of your spear and those are gonna all build up as you go but just the core idea of the game tap drag release and you're launching some lick spears
0: Yeah, so the big aspect of this game is the crazy theme. Like, this is like a weird, neon, like, psychedelic 80s-ish, like, Vikings... I don't know, it is (laughs) absolutely nuts. And, like, to to give you a hint, the game's currency within the game is licked standard denomination, is what you're doing, which they... Put the acronym LSD. So that should tell you something right there that this is just like a psychedelic, weird trip that you're going through. But it's that's what the big. I don't know. That's what I loved about it. This crazy theme, and all you really are doing is standing there, firing things, trying to get as many headshots, and they're bloody headshots when you get them. And then when you, if you don't get a headshot, then you kind of just slow things down, and you'll have all these kind of far-off, slow guys coming at you. Then all of a sudden, you have this, like, kamikaze running super fast at you, and you're, like, trying to get the things in the air, but at the same time, you're trying to get this guy that's coming super fast at you, and so you're constantly have to shift where you're shooting and you have to take into consideration that arcing of the spear as it goes through the air to kind of line it up exactly where you want it to land because that thing in the air is going to be moving around and if you aim where you think it is then it's probably going to move and the spear is going to go right underneath it you're going to lose your combo so you want to keep on getting these headshot after headshot to keep on building up this multiplier to get better and better scores and then like you said, with the unlocks, then you start to unlock these other cool aspects that you can use. And those you trigger like the triple shot, you, you fire off like you normally would, but then you have two fingers tap on the screen at the same time. And that'll kind of split the spear into three. And hopefully you can get like three guys at once or take out at least two guys at once to really get that multiplier going. And then they have other more powerful weapons can unlock. And those boss battles are great. Like, I don't know, I really enjoyed this game, even though it is kind of static at points. I think I think I really liked it because it's level based and not like just an endless thing that keeps on going and going and going. You feel like you're making progress through the game because it does end on a specific level and then you can continue on to the next level and then they switch things up between levels. And I don't know. I really enjoyed it for what it is. It's silly fun.
1: Yeah, I was surprised. How much I enjoyed it, because I played it at GDC, and I was like, this is an absolutely crazy theme, but we'll see how it actually plays. And then now having it, you know, you play the first level, the first couple levels, that's what I played already, I was like, okay. But then, like you said, each level really has quite a bit of variation. Once you get past that first world and you're dealing with those sliding walruses or crazy ice sheets or the boat vikings and just different angles, you have to completely change the way you're doing that trajectory of your lick spear. Even just within a level, you have the little tiny guys and then you have the big giants. And if they're both coming kind of at the same rate, you have to decide, do I have enough time to go after the small guy before the big guy gets to me? And then you don't want to just... You're not just firing out the lick spears randomly. You want to get that headshot because, really, that combo is great to ramp up your score, but that splurting blood that blasts out of their head, <laughs> it's awesome. And then one little kind of piece is that all the dead bodies remain on the screen. So usually, you know, they vanish right away, but every single thing that you kill lays there. It's sprawled out on the ground until you complete the level and then you run over all of them. The screen shifts and then they can reset the level, but it just shows how much carnage you can create with this awesome pink spear that you just keep firing away.
0: Yeah, I know. There's just something satisfying when you hit that cyclops right in the eye. It's like it's like you get a bullseye, and then and then even when you're firing and the thing, that little screaming, running guy is cat is like almost on you. You fire the spear. It's almost like you just slam it right into him because if he gets close enough you're not really going to have time for it to go anywhere before it hits him. So you're almost just like kind of shoving it in his face and then moving on to the, to the rest of the guys. I don't know. It's oddly satisfying. I know it's kind of, kind of, uh, so dark, but <Yeah>. yes, <laughs> exactly. Especially when all those bodies are piling up, but they're weird looking dudes. So there's, they're like zombies and giant weird uh, Vikings. And I don't know. It's, you don't feel as bad because they don't look human.
1: Yeah, they're all like, they're kind of like frozen undead. It's like you're going against the Night King's army. So as long as you've got that idea, (laughs) who cares? You just blow through them all, and then each level is just going to ramp up the difficulty. Well, to the point, you need those upgrades. That shield, when you have like a few different small things around your feet, that really can come in handy when you're aiming some new archer guy that comes in or those big huge cyclops so you always have different points to focus on and those little upgrades can help you when you miss a guy because if one dude comes and gets to your lick spear tosser that's it you have to restart and the cool thing is though when you do restart, you're on the level that you made it to. So if you're in World 3 and the third portion of that, you can restart there at the third portion. You don't have to restart at the beginning of those two first waves you cleared. Or maybe you made it to the boss battle. The boss gets you. You can then replay the boss battle. You don't have to go and play those four levels to get up to the boss battle. And that found I found that to make me more kind of invested into wanting to keep playing the game because you weren't having to replay the same sequences over and over.
0: Right, yeah, you didn't have that major disappointment like, oh, now i got to restart everything. Eh, uh, forget it, I'm going to step away and I'll play something else. No, you, you're right there where you left off and you just get another try. And so one game that I, I guess this is kind of similar to that we talked about a few weeks ago was that Let Them Come. And But that one I didn't think was nearly as enjoyable as this. The, that one was the one where you're kind of like the guy hiding behind this little this little area and then you have that dark tunnel in front of you and you had creatures either coming on the ceiling or on the ground coming at you, but everything was so dark and you couldn't see half the things coming at you. And then you were overwhelmed pretty quickly in that game. I never felt like you were ready for, Everything that was coming at you. you it usually it took lots and lots and lots of retries to get enough money to get the upgrade You needed where this one. I felt like it's a good pace It's well thought out and I think you once you finish at the normal difficulty I think there might be some other difficulties you can choose from and so There are ways to step up the action if you do want something much harder, but I Just found this much more enjoyable than let them come
1: Yeah That. That's So this style isn't like brand new where you have a fixed position and you have waves coming at you. But to make it into a level-based environment where you travel to a new location, that new location has different trajectories to aim at, it really changes the game. Because Let Them Come, the core idea is fast-paced action. But after you make it to wave 5 and then wave 10, wave 15, wave 20 they're all the same. There's more creatures, there's more varied creatures, but it's always kind of the same trajectory of every single one of your shots. So changing to trajectory in a game that emphasizes that portion of the game is what makes Lick Spear have legs so you keep tossing those Lick Spears. Agreed. You just want to say Lick Spear a lot. I do. Lot you got to throw it in as many times <laughs> as you can. <laughs> and so Lick Spear, in case you don't know how to spell, it's L I C H T speER. So it's 399, it's Universal. And then there's Temple of Spikes, the Legend. So the reason it has a little subtitle is that the original Temple of Spikes was available in the App Store. It was a really super condensed, short kind of action platformer. And so the legend essentially redoes the entire game and just keeps the name and the art style and turns it into this really deluxe adventure game. So you have that core hardcore platformer idea, but you go through this temple of spikes and it has a ton of spikes to go through and it really nails that hardcore platform idea where there are a ton of ways to lose. You only have two hearts And you'll lose them pretty quick because you'll walk into that first arena and big blocks are dropping from the sky. And so you have to deal with that. Or you have these special sequence where it's spike, one safe spot, spike, one safe spot. And you need to jump into each of those safe spots and you need to nail that trajectory. And so as you go, each temple has a hidden scarab beetle or other artifact to go find But you can ignore that and just try to get to the exit point because that's tough enough in its own right. And the only kind of hiccup for me is that with a hardcore platform, you need super tight controls to deal with the quick succession of actions that are required. And that's where I think this game kind of stumbled.
0: Yes, uh, the... the i loved everything about this game <laughs> except for the controls. Yeah. Like, I, I, especially comparing it to the original. So the original was really condensed. They used like a, some of the same sequences that were in this game, but you didn't have the, the width of everything. So everything was really condensed into a, a short vertical screen instead of giving you all the width to move around and really kind of play with the space and find different ways you can avoid getting hit by those spikes because the two main sequences in at least in the original game and this one there there's more than just these but you'll have either where you walk into the room and slowly portions of it are going up and you have to quickly get off of them and land on another safe space. Otherwise, if you hit the ceiling, then you're crushed and you lose a heart or you lose some of your health, uh, which I'll get back to in a second. Or they have it the reverse where the, the pieces are coming down at you and you have to jump out of the way to find a safe spot so you don't get crushed by a block coming down until enough of them come down that then the pathway opens and you can leave the room the the other one other cool thing they have in there is this whole rewind sort of system where there are these little like lightning bolts that you can get and you use them up and after you've lost both your hearts then you can use this little rewind thing to kind of save yourself and you hold down this button and it takes you back and you can release at any time so you don't use too much of it and then you'll immediately start falling again, or wherever you were doing at the time it traces it back so you can try to quickly stop doing that and then move in a different direction you have been going so maybe you avoid a spike or kind of just rewind enough that then you're floating in the air and you'll just drop naturally to a safe spot so you can use you can use that almost as like another control outside of the normal left and right movement the problem I have with the left and right movement it allows you to move the buttons but they are not responsive enough for some of the sequences within the game. You just do not have the quick controls that you need for some of these. And I was hoping there was gonna be like an external controller, but I didn't see that support. I didn't actually try to see if it was in there and it just wasn't mentioned, but it needs something to quicken up and maybe allow the user to adjust the sensitivity of, of those buttons, but they're just not quick enough for certain sequences. I did not notice for some reason it didn't register me running into spikes every so often. And I don't know if that was just a glitch or maybe they kind of loosened some things up in order to help with that lack of fidelity on the actual left and right controls. But something needs to be done there because when I died, it wasn't because I felt like the level was too hard. It just... The controls failed me, and that's why I died. I knew what I needed to do, and I should have been able to do what I wanted to do, but it just was a lack of quality controls that kept me from doing it.
1: Yeah, when you need to weave back and forth, and you don't move left when you press the left button, or you think you do, because really you can't stare at the controls. You have to stare at your guy and assume that when I press the left side of the screen, it's going to move left. And I think it's because the touch points are so small. Like, there's just dead area around the actual touch points where you press there and the game doesn't acknowledge you did anything. I moved those controls everywhere you possibly could. And it seems like it just would have benefited if the blocks were bigger where you touch left and right. Because the jump button, it didn't really ever give me a problem. It was trying to move left. Really, you could if you just had to move right with the jump button... It would work well enough, but moving back left, it just never seemed to nail it properly, no matter where I positioned. It. And I was going to try an external controller too to see if that could save the game, but I never got around to it. Yeah, it's
0: not listed in the support, so I don't know that it's there. But maybe that would save it. It be it just I w- it's something they should be able to fix relatively easy. There's so many games out there that have good touch controls so all they gotta do is figure out what's wrong with it and and put a patch in and it should work and that's really the only thing from keeping me from really wholeheartedly recommending this just because it it is really frustrating at times when you know that you can do this but you can't
1: (laughs) yeah because even that rewind feature it's a really neat addition for a platformer to have that oh, I just made a mistake, let me go back a half second, not even, just a few milliseconds where I don't hit that spike, I change my jump trajectory, and then you can go and keep playing. But even when you rewind and then it's like, oh, I pressed left right when it rewinded, and it's like, nah, no, you didn't, and then you die right away, you kind of are disappointed by the whole time rewind feature as well.
0: Right, and then you got to use more of your rewind, and then eventually you use it all up. The one thing I will say is they have a a bunch of checkpoints and they are cheap as anything to purchase so it (laughs) tells you one coin to buy one of these little checkpoints so i that i I don't know if that's going to go up as i progress further through the game but i was so happy to see that they don't like nickel like try to force you to like keep playing i mean there's not in-app purchases to buy these coins you collect them they give you them fairly freely but they also make the checkpoints one coin like dirt cheap and they are all over the place. So you can decide I mean, maybe you don't want to do a checkpoint every time because maybe you lost too much health or you lost too much of your rewind power you don't really want to start with like nothing. But even then I noticed like if you keep on restarting in the same spot and you only had maybe one heart or maybe you had no heart and you had some rewind power, eventually when you restart, there's going to be a heart just sitting there waiting for you to pick up and get going. So they do kind of give you a little help so that you're not completely stranded at some checkpoint that you blew it by saving it there and there's no possible way you're going to progress forward with what you have. So I thought that was a really well done, that that portion of the game.
1: Yep. So if it is updated in the coming weeks with better controls, we'll definitely talk about it but for now, I can't recommend the game, even though it has a lot of other promising aspects of it. Yeah, yeah, me too. And so that's Temple of Spikes, The Legend. It's five ninety nine. 99 It's universal. And then there's Evoland 2, which is interesting because I'm not really that familiar with the original. I kind of have this vague memory that it wasn't very good. It was super simplistic. But it seems like they went back to the drawing board and completely redesigned the game. And... With it, it tries to kind of be a love letter to all of the RPG genre of the past. So it starts out as kind of that familiar 16 bit top down action RPG, like a Zelda from the SNES or NES, and then, or more SNES. And then, as you go, there's this weird kind of time travel storyline element where you'll complete a mission and then the entire screen will shift. And so then it will go and now it's an 8-bit game. So it did have that SNES style and now it's an NES style. So you go from 16-bit to 18-bit and you've gone back 100 years in game time. But then you'll go and now you'll advance and now it becomes like this 3D action RPG game. Or you'll go and just change it as you go. So every kind of major milestone in the game that unlocks the next sequence changes the graphics. And the graphics don't just change for the sake of it. It actually goes with the storyline. So you have this whole kind of demons invading the city. And all of a sudden, they your entire village goes missing. And it's not the village doesn't go missing it's actually 100 years in the past so the village doesn't even exist yet and you'll have that whole kind of build as you go and that's just in the main adventure mode the game also has an arcade mode
0: yeah so i really like that aspect of the game where you have all these different they pay homage to all these different styles and i love how it switches things up and it and it makes it feel different as you're going through it My issue with the game is it's it's supposedly more than like 20 hours of gameplay. The vast majority of the time you were just grinding away, fighting tons and tons of these little characters along the way as you're trying to find a path to the next big thing or the next location on the map. And I don't know. It just wasn't that satisfying. It almost it was too grindy. And I can't help but think over the cat quest where As I'm doing this grinding, it felt like full on side quests and full on things that kept my attention. It felt different each time, not just let's just wander around and just kill a bunch of low level stuff, which that was on the main map. But you always had something else to do in Cat Quest where this I just felt like I'm just wandering around just hitting things, trying to get enough of these little crystal things to level my character up to then get more health and more more fighting strength. But it just felt like I'm just w- doing a lot of walking around and doing not much to really account for my time. I, there was just too much space in between the big things.
1: I felt the same way where you kind of lose interest as you're going. So you have that really intriguing story and change mechanic, and then once it changes, you go back to kind of the rudimentary wandering around. You said it perfectly, because essentially you're just leveling up by defeating underlings that are kind of boring, and then you'll get to that big boss battle. You'll get to find this new puzzle pass sequence where you have to go through this door, and you come out this door, and then go to another one, and you're always just kind of bothered. They're more nuisances than an actual challenge in the game, and with so much time generated to just walking around, you don't want to get to the next sequence because you're like, oh, it's cool. It changes from 16-bit to 8-bit and then back to 3D to fight these low-level guys while I wander around again. And so even there's the intrigue of the next one down the road, but you realize that even when you do it, as soon as that kind of initial neatness fades, you're just left with that same game over and over again.
0: Right. Yeah, I think it could have been a tighter, shorter game, and I would have been much more satisfied than it being long for the sake of being long. I don't I mean, I don't understand why they needed such long sequences, unless they're just trying to justify that you pay a certain amount. I mean, I I know this did really well on Steam. It had a lot of positive reviews on Steam, but I don't know, maybe it's just my mentality that when I sit down with a a mobile game that I don't want to spend hours doing the same thing over and over again. I just would like to have it progress much faster where, I don't know, going back to Cat Quest again, yes, it was a long game and you were doing a lot of stuff, but it felt like it didn't take long to get that to that next bigger, different sequence where this is just a lot of repetitiveness.
1: It seems... Since Cat Quest lets you concurrently fight while that top-down view of the actual map, the next kind of location is always seemingly in view. There's the little guys to fight always, but it's like there's a little tower that's going to introduce a side quest. Or, you know, there's the lake, and then around that bend is going to be to where I need to go find a key. Or whatever the case may be. I think side quests might even be more important to give you something to do to then fight through the menial lower-level guys.
0: Right, yeah, even if they had, like, labeled these as side quests, or, like, divide each one of these sections more, so they're shorter, like, meaningful sections, where it just felt like I'm just killing, and these things were so easy to kill, no matter what it was, like, it didn't really matter, you could just stand there and swing your sword most of the time, and just take these things out, very rarely... Do you even have to move out of the way because they have a projectile thing? I mean, there's a certain type of creatures where you did have to do that. But even then, just you're going through the motions. It's not difficult, it's not interesting. Get me to the good stuff.
1: Yeah, and that's not what you want, especially when the game claims it has so many hours of gameplay. If that's spread, if the good stuff is at select times, it makes those other hours that much more of a drag it's like do i want to make it through all these hours in this game
0: yeah yeah I, I i don't know i i knowing that there's all these different types i do want to push the the different art styles and the different scenarios of it i i do kind of want to push through but i wish i could just speed through these sections because i don't need to wander around aimlessly until i can find the exit I just let me go right to the exit to get to the good i don't know
1: it was disappointing especially because it's an action rpg once you're built as an action rpg you expect kind of action to have a natural flow to it and I guess that's kind of what's so disappointing. Because, you know, if it was more of an exploration type of RPG, you kind of have that expectation of grinding through lower level things to XP to gain XP. But once you establish an action RPG, even though the graphics change, it's always an action RPG, that kind of makes it more disappointing.
0: Yep, I agree.
1: So that's Evil Land 2. its six ninety nine. It's universal. And then to round out the week is Art Club Challenge which is an interesting game because we talked about Paso Porto a few weeks ago where you played as a starving artist, and that game is more kind of hands-off. You just try to be creative and then hope the game recognizes your creativity and rewards you so you can level up and go and to unlock new paintbrushes in new locations. Art Club Challenge gives you a specific story mode where you kind of play as a student in a class and they give you specific objectives to complete where you need to draw a forest and then you'll have three points you need to reach to mark it complete where you need to have a dark blue background, you need to have a certain number of leaves and you need to have distinct kind of silhouettes of trees. And so the game recognizes as you do it. And really the most interesting aspect is that Toe lets you draw freehand where you can scribble with you're essentially doing finger paint. Art Club Challenge makes everything into blocks. So essentially you tap blue, you tap the screen, and then a square a blue square appears, and then you use two fingers to adjust the size of it. So no matter what you make, it's gonna be block based, and it makes for a lot quicker creation of a scene, but there is more limitation in what you can create with just cubes. Right.
0: And t- yeah, it takes a much different kind of – you have to step back and think of how you're going to create what you want to create just by putting a bunch of these little squares on the screen. You can stretch them either vertically or horizontally to make them fat, thin, whatever you want to do. But it's always going to be some sort of square or rectangle that you're using, and you have to build those up in order to get – like patterns or shapes or anything but it's always going to have rough edges so it I mean I, I'm if I'm drawing on a on a touch screen I'm used to having brushes and can do free strokes so it really is a, a lot different of a thought process as you go into trying and create these I do like that they kind of have these targets that you have to hit and so it gives you kind of a, what you need to do. But later on in the story mode, which is essentially more of a tutorial than anything else, it's not very long. It it kind of teaches you the basics of things, and it really sets you up to go into the game's challenge mode, which sets up certain, like, an ocean sunset or a black cat. And so you have to come up with these different things using these primitive kind of art pieces that you have to build up these these however you want and so it is kind of nice that they step you through that but that whole limitation of those tools i think you're either gonna like it or you're gonna hate it and i i don't know where i'm at i'm kind of still trying to decide the jury's out
1: i was surprised that the game was so short so there's the story mode and you complete this course, you know, you finish essentially the first semester or whatever. And you're like, okay, well, is this going to then extend I go and be like passport important now? I'm going to be judged by critics and stuff. And then it's like, thanks for playing Art Club Challenge. It took me like 10 or 15 minutes. So I'm like, is there something that I, did I press like an info button by accident and it's just bringing it up? But that was the completion of the game. So the heart of the game is really the challenge mode where there's a whole scrolling list of different things to draw And then you can upload everything to the online gallery and you can even browse to see what other people did. But that puts more onus on the player, you know, finding the motivation to complete the challenges rather than going through a story mode and wanting to progress through it and having the natural kind of intrigue of a story.
0: Right, yeah, I wish the story mode was more bulked out than it was. I wish, or, or at least the app description, I wish they made it clear that that's, the tutorial to teach you that it's it's not the because even there's only I think around 30 of those challenges and I'm I'm sure it's the type of thing if the community is vibrant enough in there they're going to keep on adding more and more or even have come up like a daily challenge kind of thing but you have to enjoy it you really have to be into that community to see what other people are doing and I don't know it's a tough thing to build up a community of people doing it when it's a paid app if this were like a free or ad supported app i could see where people a lot of people would just jump right in try it out and then that's really what you need to build up a community for something like this where if you put even you no know, even if we're a small paywall you're gonna have less people coming in to even just try the thing so i i don't know i think they have some work cut out for them to, to kind of really build this thing and i i th- It looks like there's a lot of people actually trying and there are a lot of pictures in there, but I don't know. For me, I would still prefer to have a real brush, like real tools to draw something. I don't really like this whole stuck with blocks. And I I found like there was no like even a tool to copy a block. Like if I create a block of a certain size and want to reuse it multiple times, I wish I could just select one and copy and then paste it and you don't even have that you just have tap the color to bring on the thing and then you have to try to stretch left and right and this thing was horrendous to use on a phone like i would never i would not recommend playing this if all you have is a phone it was to stretch those blocks and get them how you want and then not mess them up as you're trying to move them around or or adjust them i thought it was so difficult to use it didn't fill the screen on my iphone 10. i don't know i it was usable on an ipad but i would not recommend it for a phone
1: you definitely need to play this game on the ipad and like you said copy and paste of blocks would be great for example they want you to make a skyline with lit up windows and so you put the little black square and then you want to make all the little windows like a bunch of little yellow windows well you have to go And press the yellow, create the block, shrink it down, press the yellow, create the block, shrink it down over and over again rather than just I want to put in 10 windows, you know, five column or five uh, in each column. And it takes forever to want to do that. So you're like, you know what, I'll put a couple windows, just complete this challenge or whatever. I'm done with it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you could make stretch out the story mode if you really got into it and really want to create as ornate of a picture as you wanted within their set of rules that they have. But it comes to the point where I thought the tedium of using those blocks just pushed me to want to just do the bare minimum and move on. And I, I think it sounds like it was the same for you. And I, I don't know. That's not that, that's not what the 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 whole point of the thing was. It's was supposed to be something soothing that you could just kind of just zen like do and enjoy. And I just found that it the tools worked against that just because of those. Extreme limitations.
1: And even just adding the ability to make a triangle and square, I think would help you make a bunch of stuff. But I understand they want to make it as easy as possible to get in and then allow creativity to come just from blocks. But that's a big ask, especially when there's only four colors to choose from and the story mode is just a tutorial and the challenges are kind of. Hands off much more hands off than the story mode. just it didn't seem like it there was no like incentive like in Passporto, you want to make the best thing you can because you have no idea what the arbitrary scale is of when it's gonna you know give you a green light or like your pictures or not. This one it's like use seven colors, make sure there's a big dark sky, and make sure that you have black overlapping yellow. okay, great, I can do that. it doesn't mean I really pull anything off.
0: Well, I think it meant use seven blocks because it's only the four colors. You can't right. even blend colors. like yeah. uh, Even if you could blend colors, because uh, you get the primary colors, you should at least make the secondary colors. Like, right. uh, something beyond just blue, yellow, and red. And you can, there are ways to, to adjust the layer. You do have a tool to bring a block in front of another block or push it behind another block. So you do have that, but that's pretty much it. There's not even like an undo. I did find myself, especially on the phone, accidentally dragging pieces. I was just trying to move off the screen and then they're out and I had to recreate them, which I found kind of frustrating, but yeah, I don't know. I I wanted to like this. I I thought it was a, a neat idea, especially that whole story mode, but with the brevity of it and just the, the tool set it's this, I don't know. I would, this would be a pass for me.
1: Yep, and so that's Art Club Challenge. It's three ninety nine, and it's universal. And just before we zo- go out for this episode, I didn't want to mention Paper Paperan because it's really neat. From the description, you get to go through multiple fairy tales like Alice in Wonderland, and then you go over, and it's really a neat idea. But it seems like the game wasn't ready for prime time, like your main character moves at a snail's pace when you tap where you want it to go. And then it reminded me of Old Man's Journey where you move the environment around. But at least that game, you were traveling somewhere and you have an old guy, so there's that kind of understanding. But the old man himself moved relatively quick once you put everything into position. You can know the exact solution for any level in Paper Anne, and Anne is going to take like 10 minutes to get to that solution
0: yeah it just not polished enough and even like at the very beginning they don't even give you a tutorial they just drop you in and it took me a while to even figure out how to get her to go into the thing that i wanted her to go in and so it was a little frustrating right from the get-go but even once i got past that yeah the slowness of, of her pace she's a little girl she's really she's got energy like what And the old man like he's a spry old man he's yeah. much faster than her but i don't know it. it I mean, I think you said it perfectly. It's It just was, went out too early. I think it could use some work just polishing things up, tightening things up, and then it's got a neat concept. It just needs a little work.
1: Yeah, just and it's got a great to, art, too. Yeah, just wanted to let you know, in case you were intrigued by the description but didn't know, the game's really not ready as intriguing as it might be. Yep. And I think that's everything for Episode 57. I know it was quite on the negative side of all of the critiques we had in these games, <laughs> but that some weeks are like that. And so this is one of those weeks.
0: Yeah, we're just trying to help you out. This is our thoughts on it. I
1: mean,
0: other people may like these games, but uh, especially when you have to take in consideration if they're paid or free games, it's tough to to recommend some of these, especially at their price points.
1: Yep. So Brett, thanks for joining me. Oh yeah, it's a pleasure as always. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.